This is the Historian's Podcast, Extra Edition number 5, an update on coronavirus and other topics from Amsterdam Mayor Mike Sinquanti. Thanks for joining us, Mayor. Thanks for having me again, Bob. How did last Friday's food distribution go? Uh, very, very well. We, uh, we called in the guard, we called in the army and they came in, um, uh, 50 strong, the Na- uh, New York state national guard and did a fantastic job sorting and packing and distributing the food. And so it really went well. Um, uh, it, you know, it was estimated over a thousand people were served and, uh, you know, the, it, it was just a great event. Um, and it just went very, very well. Thanks for asking. Are you going to do another one? We are. Um, we're, we're, we'll be, uh, we're talking about when that's going to happen. Uh, one of the nice things was that by the end of the event, the line of cars was over. I mean, there was no long lines. It started out, the line was down to, from Veterans Field, I don't know, Locust Avenue, you know where Veterans Field is on Locust mm-hmm. Avenue. The mm-hmm. line extended all the way down across Prospect to Church Street. That's how long the line started out. But by the end of the day, there was no one in line. You could actually pull into the driveway, which is a signal that, you know, we're serving uh, the number of people who need to be serviced. And so that was a good sign. And I was very pleased to make sure it makes you feel good that uh, you you know everybody who wanted something got something. In your uh, report in the recorder, uh, the most recent one, you talked about the street sweeper. People want the street sweeper, but what's the issue there? (laughs) It's a monster machine um, that has uh, had mechanical difficulty this year. And uh, because, you know, because of the virus, of course, we're on a reduced staff at the Department of Public Works. Um, but now we are, I understand it's going to be back in operation today. Uh, but it's been, it has been uh, in disrepair and needed to be fixed, and we have been working on it. And as you can imagine, in addition to being a vehicle, it sprays water and turns brushes, and there's all kinds of mechanical systems involved with that machine. And so um, fixing it is not, uh, is not something that uh, you or I could handle. So, but but it, is, it is back in operation today. I'm very excited about it. Uh, and since you mentioned today, we're recording on Wednesday, April 29th. Do you want to ask, how is your, 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 your daughter, Marissa Franklin, doing in Brooklyn? Okay, it's Wednesday, April 29th, and by, by t- either late tonight or tomorrow morning, I'm going to be a grandfather for the seventh time, with, God, uh, with God's blessing, and um, that's because she's going to be induced tonight if she doesn't go into labor before then. So I'm very, very excited, but I do need to share with you an, an experience we've had in the past couple of weeks. In order for my daughter to be able to breastfeed the baby or to be able to touch the baby after the baby's born, she has to pass, uh, when I say pass, she has to show negative results on two consecutive COVID tests. Mm-hmm. So she, after, she, after she had contracted the virus a couple of weeks ago, they gave her two tests. And the first test, she proved to be negative, which was great news. The next test showed that she was presumed positive which was bad news, which meant that, you know, we didn't know which test was accurate. And unfortunately, the real problem is neither did her doctor. So they took a third one, and that has come back negative. Mm. But before, um, once she goes into the hospital, they're going to give her a fourth test. And we've, we're, again, praying that that will show she's negative. I honestly feel 
that she uh, the virus is has gone through her and and she's she's negative and it will be negative again with this test. But it just goes to show you the inconsistencies of the te- and this is in Brooklyn. This is in this is a NYU Medical Center. This is the top you know, one of the top facilities in our country, that the testing uh, dilemma is not behind us. And uh, we really, really, really need to address that more than anything else if we are going to get this, um, this, this virus behind us well, and open hope, up our, our society. Well, I certainly hope things uh, work out for your daughter. Uh, of course, uh, it, has there been any other fatalities in Amsterdam uh, retired firefighter no, Dave Swart died. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no others. No others, sir. Uh, as of as of yesterday, we had uh, 52 COVID cases in our county, um, and 34 of those patients have made a full recovery, uh, and 15 are home-based monitoring uh, with milder cases, and and two are under medical care, and uh, so our numbers are still, you know, based upon. What could have happened? Our numbers are still good. Uh, you know, great job on on the part of our 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 medical community, on the part of our county emergency directors uh, and and the county health department. Uh, but we are very fortunate; those numbers are as low as they are. How about local nursing homes and adult homes in the Amsterdam area? Have you heard any reports from there? Great news from the Sentinel, which has had uh, which had the uh, one confirmed case of COVID. Uh, all of the other Folks there have been tested, and there's no one else who shows positive at this time. So uh, hopefully, we're, again, praying that that, that that stays as contained as it has. And that's really the only one that I know of uh, from the from – the, and, and I haven't checked with uh, Wilkinson. I haven't heard anything from Wilkinson, mm-hmm. or, or, but, but, but it sounds like uh, we've been able to keep it out of our most senior population pretty effectively. I'd like to respect the memory of one – uh, individual uh, who did die. His name is Jim Houston. He died from the virus at an adult home in Niskayuna, also suffering other issues. He had uh, one of the dementias. Uh, the Times Union had did a, done a story about him. He'd been a music teacher in Johnstown, but the Amsterdam connection was for many, many years. He was the highly regarded organist at United Methodist Church in uh, Amsterdam, which is how many people in Amsterdam knew him, so he will be missed. He will be missed. May he rest in peace. Uh, Governor Cuomo is now indicating some parts of New York State may ease coronavirus precautions sooner than the hardest-hit parts of the state, downstate in the New York City area. Do you know where Amsterdam sits in this that grand plan, or or, or maybe that's... Well, we had a... Uh... We, 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 they're forming a task force, and I was part of a conference call of mayors and, and county executives for the Mohawk Valley region yesterday, which in, at which this was being discussed with the Envi- Economic Development Council. And there are, again, there are a lot of issues to address, uh, but but it does look like we're, they, they want to put a plan together for um, opening. Uh, Opening not not a full opening, but a, a partial opening and a phased-in opening of of our economy uh, over the course of the next several months. And uh, so, it was interesting to hear mayors from other cities uh, talk about the issues they were facing. We're all in the same boat in the sense that, you know, the testing has not been um, up to where it has to be to give communities the confidence they need to 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 fully open. Um, but but if you use common sense and you you look at 
um, the environment of each business and, and what they do and how they do it, um, that's what they're, they're talking about, is trying to come up with a plan that keeps workers safe, that keeps customers safe, but permits uh, the economy to move forward. So it's, it's really a balancing act, Bob. And I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here saying, God, I wish we had a vaccine. I wish we had a cure. Or I wish we had a wonderful infrastructure of testing uh, that would give me more confidence than I have right now uh, that, that we, can, we can go back to just, you know, business as usual. In your uh, report in the recorder, uh, you brought up the census or the importance of doing the census. Is, is that becoming an issue in Amsterdam? In other words, not enough people you're afraid are, are, are doing that? Well, we were, uh, historically, we have, um, you know, been pegged as a low-response city. And uh, so this virus certainly isn't helping that because one of our one of our uh, plans was to, you know, go door to door and um, and and encourage people, especially in those neighborhoods where traditionally the the census has not been a high percentage completion rate, uh, to, to to really work at that and get and get people to understand what it was all about and to get help them uh, fill out the census. So so yeah, it's it's in Amsterdam, uh, it's so essential because, you know, in addition to um, your representation in Washington and Albany. Uh, your, your count, the count of your citizens, your population is used for, for aid uh, formulas for both our school and our city. So that, you know, the more, the more people we count, the, more, the better off we will be when those aid uh, formulas are calculated. So it's essential, so essential that Amsterdam do the best job it possibly can to get our people counted. And so um, we, we intend, and, and, and part of my Part of my column is, is 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 dedicated to trying to convince people to do so, and we threw in a little incentive there today with the street sweeper because it's back on the streets. I figured, why not put the two together? Do you, how long do do people have to do the census? Do they have the whole year, or or no? No, um, they don't. They've uh, but but they they're extending it. And I don't know what the end date is now, but because of the virus, they're extending it. So it's going to go on longer than they originally anticipated, um, which is good news. Uh, but uh, again, because of the virus, we're not able to. Uh, you know, really do some of the things we're planning on doing as of this time. But the but the nice thing about the census is that it is you can do it online and you can do it by phone. And um, so, in addition to the mailer you receive at your house, and you have a postage paid envelope in that mailer, so so it really a person can do it all by themselves without getting into contact with anyone. And it is very easy to do the way it's structured and, and worded. And it is also very uh, quick, and you can do it in less than... Have you done yours, Bob? I'm going to ask you online. online. Yes, yes, we have. So there you go. <laughs> and how long did it take you? Not very... Oh, just maybe half an hour, maybe 15 minutes. And we did it by yeah, mail. I mean, there you yeah. go. And, and so. so did I. I, I. I mailed mine in as well. Yeah. Now, uh, we're talking with Mike Sinquanti, the mayor of Amsterdam. In uh, other news, separate and apart from the coronavirus, uh, the developers of a planned apartment complex on Amsterdam's south side riverfront, the so-called Chalmers site, have withdrawn their proposal, saying that uh, Congressman Paul Tonko and you were not supporting them. What's your side of the story, and what do you think is going to happen at the uh, Chalmers site? Well, the um, the site was sold to them before I took office, and and I, you know, when I ran, I was very clear about 
the fact that I was in opposition to putting that type of project on that piece of property um, because I didn't think it 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 uh, it was in line with the vision of what our waterfront was was and is and could be and and so you know when I whenever I was asked I couldn't say anything but the truth uh, so um, you know and I don't know if they've withdrawn it yet I think they're they're, I, I think they're saying they're going to withdraw it because they don't feel they're getting the support. But I can't lie, Bob. I, I've got to be honest. I don't think it's the right development for that property. So, um, and, and it, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I look forward. It should should the uh, developers decide to to walk away or abandon the project. I truly look forward to marketing that piece of property. I don't believe that Amsterdam has to take, you know, what we can get. I believe we we need to shoot. Uh, we need to shoot for the best, for the you know, shoot for the vision we think is best, and then go after that. So, um, you know, I, I'm not worried about um, I'm not worried about not being able to put something great on that property. Um, I, I'm very, very confident that we can, and I'm willing to work with everyone, anyone, including the existing developer, uh, to, to, you know, to, to come up with a vision that, that works. But uh, I, I'm not at all, um, I'm not, I'm not going to be shy. I'm not going to back off. I think right. it's a, I think we can, we can do good with that project. Back to your um, report in the recorder, you had a section on gratitude uh, in there. What did you mean by that? Well, we have had a fantastic outpouring of, of uh, generosity from businesses and organizations and individuals in and around our community to help us distribute the aid, uh, the food aid. We've given away uh, 7,000 diapers uh, and baby food we're giving away to moms of infants. Um, and we wouldn't have been able to do any of that without the support of organizations like, uh, you know, and I mentioned the Walmarts and the Targets. They gave us gift cards, and we got diapers from MVP, and uh, the Ladies of Charity are donating diapers. Uh, we got baby food from Beechnut. Um, I, I mean, I, I put it in my article. Um, just the number of organizations that, that have um, uh, come forward and the number of individuals and the, and the volunteers it's just been it's the, I call it the silver lining in what has been a very dark cloud for our city. Uh, it's just you know we have this huge heart, collective heart, and it's it beats it beats the hardest when when people need help, and it's it's just been a fantastic thing to, to witness. I'm honored to be mayor of this community because of that kind of of response. Let me ask you about the dairy farmers again. That's more of a rural issue and. Uh, came up yep. when we uh, did a podcast with the county executive, Matt Ossenfort. But is there any way to channel the milk that the dairy farmers have to d dispose of uh, to hungry and thirsty people right in the area, like right in Amsterdam, say? Actually, I'm, they're working on it. I know that the county, I know Bob Pertel, um has met with dairy it was with a large dairy farm that is you know is throwing away milk and doesn't want to throw away its milk and trying to come up with a a process by which we can take that milk that can't be sold and distribute it to folks who need the milk uh locally so they're working on it and i think it's a great thing to work on and and we of course are ready to do anything we can as a city uh to help that process you know we can guarantee that whatever milk they give us we will distribute Another uh, issue from your um, report in the newspaper, um, 
Amsterdam's fight against blight, I, I gather from what you wrote, it, it, like the, so many things, is, is paused now? It's been paused, but it hasn't, it's been slowed down. Uh, we're never going to stop it. <laughs> for, the, for as long as I'm in office, we're going to continue to move forward with the effort to um, you know, eliminate blight and, make, and rejuvenate Amsterdam's neighborhoods. And we have put together, instead of doing it on a, a larger basis, we are focusing on doing it in a very small target area uh, where we, we, we will put all of the things that we want to do citywide to the test in a, in a, in a one-block area. Uh, we're working on what that block will be, and uh, we have, we're using the connections that people have stepped forward, the organizations that have stepped forward that want to be part of this process. And, what we're, and so we're, we're moving forward in a smaller way. But what we do and how we do it will be able to, um, you know, be our test case, and then we'll be able to expand it to other streets and other neighborhoods. So that's our model right now under this pandemic uh, we're not going to stop. We're just going to miniaturize it, do it, and then spread it. <laughs> so that's the okay. best way of putting it. Is, um, the, how's the golf course doing? It's it's now open again, right? It's it's going to be open on Saturday morning, and we've the biggest change. And again, um, the city of Amsterdam does not have the sort of um, medical scientific uh, health support that the state of New York has, or Montgomery County for that matter. So we look to them for guidance. And so when they permitted us to open our golf course under the rules of the governor on April 15th, or I'm sorry, April 1st, we followed those rules. Uh, on April 15th, he said, okay, we're not going to, we're worried about these things, we're going to stop them. And now on May 1st, uh, we are ready to say, okay, uh, the biggest change that we're making versus our previous opening is that we are no longer going to allow golf carts. They, that was the one area where they felt contamination Maybe an issue, and what they're not permitting us to do is put employees on the golf course. It's just going to be golfers who will be walking with their clubs and playing golf uh, in a you know in, in a social distance requirement of. And, and believe me, on a golf course, it's not easy to stay. It's not hard to stay six feet apart because <laughs> I'm usually in the woods. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm a hundred yards away from the next person, but. Um, Literally, that's what we're going to do on Saturday. Open the course so that um, people can walk it with their clubs and play the course. Um, and we, are, we have to take care of it, Bob. We have to mow the lawn. We have to mow the greens. Um, and that's what we, we're doing. So there's no additional expense involved um, to, to, doing, to, keep, to opening it. And there's no additional, um, you know, there's, I, don't, there, I don't think there's any any danger of anyone contracting the virus should they should they follow the rules? It'll be a lot less safe. It'll be a, a, a million times safer golfing than it will be having to go buy groceries in the grocery store. Okay, it's Is one of those instances. It's one of those instances where you know you have to take each situation on a case by case basis and say how can we do this? And I think the governor's done a good job uh, with the model. Uh, have there been any more virtual city meetings? I gather from today's uh, Gazette that um, the Amsterdam has the school board has named a new superintendent. Yes, I saw that, um, and I'm anxious to I'm anxious to meet and talk with them. Um, I, but we have had virtual meetings here in the city. Um, again, uh, my administrative assistant Michelle Jackson is the one who's actually spearheading that and doing a fantastic job. We do Zoom now, and and we are we are now doing Zoom 
on uh, live on Facebook so that if even if you don't have Zoom, you can you can um, view the meeting. You can make comments at our meeting. We are really getting smarter. So uh, another silver lining of this pandemic pandemic has been our ability to use technology uh, to better communicate, uh, you know, with each other and with the public. And so I, I'm really excited. I'm really pleased with the direction we've, we are going with that because it will help us um, communicate more effectively um, in, in the future. Well, thank you for joining us, Mayor. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I, I enjoy talking to you. Stay you, safe. You've been listening to the Historian's Podcast, Extra Edition number 5, an update on coronavirus and some other topics from Amsterdam Mayor Mike Sinquanti. I'm Bob Cudmore.